You're listening to the Exhibitionist Podcast, hosted by Nicola Reader and brought to you by InspiringExhibitors.com and ProExtra, a wholly owned subsidiary of 12th Man Solutions Limited. I'm your host, Nicola Reader, and as always, we are delighted to have you joining us. So thank you so much for your support. We are recording this on a very snowy day up in the northeast of England. It's the kind of day where I'm thinking I should be lying on a sofa eating chocolate and watching Christmas movies. So uh, hopefully you haven't had too disrupted a journey to work this morning. And if you're exhibitioning anywhere, I hope you got there safely. So shortly in today's episode, we'll be handing over to a conversation we had with Lee Alley of Expo Stars, who we share an awful lot in common with. But before we get to that conversation, we wanted to share with you the launch of a new initiative from Pro Extra this week, which we are really excited about. And that's Exhibitions 2025, which is a global survey we are conducting in conjunction with the UK Centre for Event Management, which is based at Leeds Beckett University. Now, you might be sitting there thinking, oh my God, another survey in the exhibitions industry. And there is a lot of research out there and it's brilliant. But what we found over the years is that some of that information and research can be skewed quite strongly towards an organiser perspective. So it's a lot based around revenues and the perceptions of the industry and how organisers are feeling about things. And as you'll know from us at Pro Extra, we're all about helping exhibitors and inspiring exhibitors to be able to get a better return. So that's really what our survey is grounded in. We're trying to get to what are the things that have a real impact that maybe an exhibitor can learn from or what are the things that they can understand that they need to get ahead with, be that innovation or new ways of engaging with audiences to make sure that in the over the next few years up to 2025 they can really be making the most of those opportunities that exhibitions give them we are looking to involve the whole of the supply chain so whether you are an organizer a supplier a venue a visitor a stand designer and even an exhibitor yet you can all absolutely be involved in this you've all got lots of value that you can add from being at the forefront of exhibitions over the years that will bring real clarity and an understanding in a different perspective to help exhibitors do exhibitions better what we're thinking is through this research we can help exhibitors understand what the big trends are going to be how they do things better what visitors are really looking for what are the tips and techniques that'll help them that will help ensure that exhibitors keep investing in exhibitions and trade shows over the next 5, 10, 15 years, which actually helps benefit all of us. So how do you get involved? Well, this week you'll be seeing a lot of activity from us via social media, via our newsletters, via the podcast, um, which will give you all the links to the online survey, which is the first stage. And that's going to take about five minutes for you to complete, and that'll be open round about till the end of March. After that, we go through a process of analysing that data, picking out what the key trends are. We've done a pilot study and we've had about 30 responses and already there's some very interesting and unexpected responses from that. So when hundreds of you have responded, we think we're going to get some really, really interesting data. So ourselves and the UK Centre for Event Management will sit down and just have a look at what do we think are the big themes. As part of the survey, we're asking you as the final question if you would be happy to participate in a short 15-minute telephone survey where we'll just follow up and and do a deep dive into some of the themes that we think are coming out from that uh, research. So hopefully a lot of you will be happy to do that and we'll follow up those telephone interviews across kind of April, May time. And then our summer will be spent writing up that research. 
The culmination of that will be a number of different ways. So we are currently working with Leeds Beckett and uh, with the Centre for Event Management to look at the speaker platforms, so lots of industry conferences that we can share some of these results to. And the research that we share there might be um, more appropriate for the organiser audience, perhaps if that's the event we're going to be at. And we'll be releasing a series of white papers for exhibitors, for suppliers, based on the research and the findings um, to help share that really valuable 360 insight we've got from right across the industry so it's a really exciting time obviously it all depends on your participation and being really honest you know the questions are you might think are, are quite similar to some you might see in other surveys and other questionnaires that you fill out but what we're asking is really think about it from an exhibitor's perspective how do we help them demonstrate that they're getting a better return on the invest on the events that they're investing in to help unlock that budget and unlock that investment for many years to come. So if you don't see any of our links and you want to get involved, please do just get in touch with us and we will send you the uh, online survey and get involved. Please spread it far and wide to as many people in your own organisation as you possibly can and encourage them to get involved. Um, and we can't wait to hear from you. So thank you for getting involved in anticipation on that one. So over to our conversation with Lee Alley, who I mentioned is the founder and MD of Expo Stars, a consultancy that's very similar to our own, where we are helping exhibitors to drive a better ROI from their events, whether that be through training or consultancy um, or even providing staff for events. But we are talking to Lee specifically in this conversation about how to identify and target your key audience at an event. So over to Lee. So on this week's episode of the Exhibitionist podcast, we are excited to be speaking to Lee Alley, who is the founder and MD of Expo Stars over in Manchester. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Nicola. Thank you for having me. Very welcome. Glad to have you. Just before we get into chatting today, Lee, just talk to us a little bit about your business and how you've developed your business and what are the main services you now offer for your clients? Sure. Um... Well, I founded Expo Stars uh, 12 years ago um, after a visit to an exhibition in Chicago. And it's one of those moments where uh, you have a light bulb moment and you think, why didn't I think of this before? And it was so obvious. Um, so uh, I was working for a software company. We were at an exhibition in Chicago uh, at Navy Pier. I remember it very well. Um, and uh, we took the exhibition stand at the last minute um, and we were stuck at the back of the hall. Um, and of course, as you know, if you're stuck, stuck at the back of the hall, traffic is minimal. So I decided to take a walk uh, around the exhibition and um, it just transpired that obviously there was not a lot of engagement. Um, all the people were behind there. Uh, tables waiting for people to come to them and then there was this one stand that really stood out what they were doing was really engaging with everyone taking the step out saying hello and trying to get to know all of the attendees and um, I got approached um, and within uh, uh, six minutes they knew who I was uh, what I was doing at the show, what my challenges were with the CRM software. And they actually demonstrated all the key benefits that were appropriate to me. And I thought, what a wonderful way uh, to engage people. They have a clear process. And 
they're actually making uh, a real go of this. And um, having been in sales and marketing for most of my life since I was 20, um, I thought, what a brilliant idea. And I really got the concept and I came back to the UK and I thought, uh, yeah, this looks like a great idea. And at the same time, my contract with the software company had uh, come to an end and I was scratching around with what to do. And um, I thought, why not? Um, I knew some presenters of uh, uh, television production uh, stint I had, and I thought, you know, let's, uh, let's give this a go. And uh, Expo Stars was born. So the idea was to help exhibitors to engage face-to-face -face, uh, with their target audience effectively and to help them generate qualified sales leads. Um, and then uh, I got my first uh, project within two weeks of starting the company. Uh, and we haven't looked back since. So since then, over the last 12 years, uh, up to now, we've done over 3,000 projects in over 100 cities in 53 countries at the last count, I think. Um, so yeah, so uh, these days what we do is we focus on helping uh, exhibitors with their exhibition strategy, helping them to engage with their target audience. Uh, we provide specialist um, booth professionals like presenters, engagers, um, booth staff to help them uh, execute that engagement. And then obviously we help them uh, with measuring um, how well they've done or how badly uh, they've done. Well, obviously, if they're using us, then they won't have done badly at all. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's what we do. And we work with um, all the stakeholders in the exhibition industry. So we support exhibit houses with their projects. Uh, we work with exhibitors directly. Uh, we work with consultants. And what we try to do is add value uh, to that exhibition process by looking at that journey and making sure that uh, there is a lot of proactive engagement uh, in that process. Yeah, born out of the same sort of frustrations really as ourselves when um, when we decided to kind of move the business more into the exhibition side of things, where the, you know that frustration of walking a show floor, seeing really really disengaged exhibitors that you just know have spent a fortune on building a stand and getting their staff there, and you know trying to recruit all these people, and then just kind of not knowing what they're going to talk about, not really knowing where to start a conversation. So it's, and you, you know, 12 years on for you, you still see, I guess, as you walk the show floor at many an exhibition, lots and lots of disengaged exhibitors. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I was just at an event uh, a couple of uh, weeks ago and um, it was amazing seeing a lot of exhibitors and a lot of these exhibitors have spent, uh, like you say, 50 up to a hundred thousand pounds being there, but, uh, the lack of engagement um, is just staggering to see. And I think what the uh, issues are that, uh, number one, uh, exhibitors um, don't want to change because they've done an exhibition a certain way and that's all they know. Um, and they're afraid of change. Um, uh, so they leave it at that. And then the second thing is... Um, the mentality of uh, let's build it and they will come. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, I see a lot of that happening and it's quite frustrating. And um, obviously it's up to us, uh, like yourself, Nicola, and uh, ourselves to actually educate uh, exhibitors to say that, you know, it is 
a brilliant opportunity to, um, you know, get in front of um, uh, your target audience and really uh, promote your business and, you know, um, inform the marketplace of, you know, how good you are. Absolutely. And you use the phrase there, target audience, which is something we really wanted to focus on for kind of the core of, of the podcast today, because I think that's where we can really help our listeners the most. So it is all about finding that target audience, those people that you really want to speak to. So if, if you're an exhibitor and you're thinking of going to your big industry trade show and you want to meet the right people there that you can do business with, how would an exhibitor start defining who their target audience is? Uh, that's a great question, and it all starts with your existing customer base, because once you actually know who you're doing business with, uh, you can actually get a sense of who your ideal customers are. And then uh, one of the key things that a business can do is actually ask their customers why they actually do business with them and what value they do they get out of doing business with you. So once you have that understanding of why you're existing who your existing clients are and why they do business with you, um, that goes a long way towards informing you of who your target audience is. So you can then define uh, um, the job titles, what kind of business, um, is it business owners that you deal with? Is it the middle management or is it uh, the operations team or the marketing team? So you can actually define the job roles that you normally deal with uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. You can get a sense of how you actually can help them as well. I think one of the biggest um, uh, challenges that exhibitors face is that they're so busy promoting their products and services that they don't realize uh, what the actual end client is actually looking for in terms of how they can actually help them solve their problems. And I think um, once you've actually defined uh, the job world. So in the digital marketing world, you'll see a lot of companies building uh, personas. Um, so they will uh, look at, you know, how they think, uh, their age groups, uh, what their hobbies are, what their interests are. And similarly, on a face-to-face -face level, um, once you understand who your target audience is and who you're doing business with, you can arm yourself with that information. And then uh, the next step is... Um, uh, doing some research uh, with the exhibition organizer and actually identifying how many of those people are actually exhibiting at the event. Yeah, I think um, a really great point you made there was about asking customers for feedback about what benefits you bring and what value they get from you because when you ask that question, you can quite often uncover something that you didn't even realize that you did. It's something that's just kind of second nature or you, you know a, a value or a benefit that you didn't even realize you were giving to customers and actually once you know that you can use it in a really powerful way to try and attract some new ones so i think we can always be a little bit scared almost of asking a customer what do you think of us but if they keep coming back to work with you and, and to yeah. spend money with you they're obviously pretty happy with what you're doing absolutely you must be doing something right and you know a lot of us business owners and business people we get so caught up uh, in the day-to-day -day running of our businesses um, and going about our uh, jobs that we actually forget sometimes what value we bring to clients. Um, and clients are always there to actually help you grow your business as well. They see the, uh, the value in terms of what you're giving them. 
Um, and, you know, they're always very happy to support you uh, in that way. I mean, earlier this year, uh, we did some, or at the back end of last year, we did some research as to why uh, businesses work with us. And, you know, um, one of the core things that we found out was that we take the headache away of, um, you know, planning and finding the right people for the booth because we actually do all that for them and they don't actually have to worry about, uh, you know, doing personality checks or things like that. So uh, small things like that can actually make a huge difference. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's always very, very important to ask uh, uh, your customers. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the other things you mentioned there was talking to the event organisers to try and find out how many of the target audience that you're looking for are likely to be visiting the show. And again, sometimes I think exhibitors can get a little bit scared of talking to the event organisers. It feels like it's a very transactional conversation about that's the space, let's just haggle over the price and don't necessarily think what more value can I get out of an unorganised. So, you know, it really is okay to go and speak to organisers and say, this is who I'm looking for. Can you provide me with these people at your show? That They would kind of welcome that discussion, do you think? Oh, absolutely. Not enough exhibitors actually talk to the organisers and they're very much seen as um, uh, somebody who wants to sell you space and forget all about you. But um, uh, organisers can be your best friend because they can give you valuable data that you can use in your, um, uh, in your exhibition uh, um, booth, in your process, uh, in your exhibiting process. So, um, you know, it's very much a partnership because if you do well at the show, uh, then the organizer, the organizer will have a happy client and you'll come back and uh, you'll exhibit again. So it's, it's in their best interest to support you as well. So uh, I would always encourage exhibitors to, uh, when they engage with the organizer, to ask a lot of questions about their target audience and then you can actually segment, you know, how you're going to actually approach uh, the different types of people as well. Yeah, absolutely. And once you know who that target audience is, it actually gives you an easier conversation to say no to an event organiser that's trying to get you to book a stand. So rather than kind of popping them off with a, oh yeah, we haven't really got the budget or we're not sure about it this year, you can really clearly state back to an event organiser, actually your show doesn't deliver the audience that I'm looking for. And that, that organiser's kind of got nowhere to go then. So they can't keep pestering you or chasing you, whichever phrase you want to use. It's a much easier conversation just to say, I'm really sorry your show doesn't deliver for me. But there might be another event in that organiser's portfolio that's perfect for what you're looking for. So it's oh, worth a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting that you mentioned about saying no. Um, again, when you're planning the activity for your exhibition, having those numbers available um, will actually help you with your engagement activity. So one thing we always encourage uh, exhibitors to do is look at uh, work work backwards in trying to figure out how many hellos uh, they need to physically say uh, to get the number of clients that will actually give them the return on investment. So, um, and if the number of hellos far exceed the number of uh, uh, the suitable target audience attendees that you will have then obviously you can say that, look, uh, it's not enough for us to actually justify uh, uh, exhibiting at the show because the numbers don't make sense. Yeah. And that is such a great point when we start working with clients of ours about setting smart objectives early on in the process. All of those numbers help you work out whether 
it's actually going to be a good investment for you because if you work out there's only going to ever be a maximum of 20 people for example that are relevant to you for a show then if you're only selling something at like two pounds per product there's no way you're going to get your money back but actually if the sale is going to bring you in a million quid that could return quite a good profit for you so it really helps you start to work out is yeah. you know you don't need many people you just need the right people with the right spending right power. absolutely yeah absolutely i mean i've gone to events where i remember a long time ago i'm not sure if you remember nicola there used to be the exhibiting show uh, <laughs> yes long time ago <laughs> yeah uh, we exhibited there um and we actually only got uh, one fantastic lead from it. Uh, obviously, we got other leads, but uh, Tony took that one client, and we've been working with that client now for over uh, 10 years, and we do about 30 events a year. So wow. having spent that, just getting that one lead has been actually paying off dividends. Um, so sometimes uh, it's just worthwhile. Uh, and it all boils down to you know knowing your... Uh, your, your numbers in terms of your average customer value, uh, what the show is going to cost you, and how many clients you would actually need from the show. Sometimes it's only one client that you need to break yeah. even. And, you know, so... And then the other thing that you need to think about as well is uh, when you're looking at your target audience, you need to look at the buying cycle. How long will it take for that customer, uh, for that prospect to actually buy from you? Because... A lot of customers have, a lot of exhibitors have um, uh, long sales cycles. So we work with clients with sales cycles of anything between uh, two weeks up to uh, three years. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, knowing when you will actually get that money uh, back um, is quite important too, because it's quite easy to dismiss a show and say, oh, you didn't get any business when. Uh, you could actually close a piece of business from the same show in two years' time. So you need to know those uh, timescales as well. And also how that's going to be tracked in your business, because who in three years' time is going to remember that the initial contact for that that win, that sale, came from a show three years ago? Absolutely, yeah. So you need that tracking process, you need the measurement in place, and um, we can have a chat about that later on. (laughs) The next episode of the podcast, you have to come back in the future and talk to us about that one. Yeah. So Lee, you mentioned uh, just previously in that conversation about you know digital marketing and personas and how people are working on digital marketing. So do you think there's a difference in a target audience that you would look for at a show or an exhibition versus the target audience for, say, digital marketing or PR or some other kind of marketing top- tactic? And, and if there is a difference, what is that and why is it? Um... That's a very good question. I uh, wish I knew the answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my feeling is that uh, your target audience is your target audience. And the key thing is knowing how you can actually help them. And digital marketing, obviously, it, you're uh, sending out messages, you're educating people, but you can't actually talk to them like you can in a face to face environment. So, uh, what you need to do is have a different kind of approach in knowing. Um, so with digital marketing, you send out all the messages, you you know put a podcast together, for example, that we're doing right now. Uh, you put case studies, you put... But it's a one-way conversation because you're throwing it all out. With face-to-face engagement, uh, the key difference is that you actually get to talk to your prospects. 
So what you need to know is the first thing is um, the right questions to ask because you can't, digital marketing is all about push, push, push. Uh, with face-to-face, the most important thing is that you're actually pulling in the information and then you're actually uh, matching that uh, to the customers, uh, to your uh, target audience's requirements. And, and again, that's a big mistake that a lot of exhibitors make. Um, and I talked about it, build it and they will come mentality. The key thing that um, we try to focus on with uh, our exhibitors is that, you know, for the first few minutes, they shouldn't even talk about themselves um, and actually get to know who that person is in front of you so that you can actually provide a personalized uh, message to them. So, um, yeah, knowing what type of questions uh, you need to ask to actually understand them better, actually know how you can actually help them rather than actually pushing how brilliant your service is because uh, that's kind of, you've heard of the old phrase, uh, stick enough mud on a wall and some of it might stick. (laughs) (laughs) yes so the key difference is that when you're talking to people face to face at an exhibition if you're asking the questions you're gathering enough intel uh, to help you uh, push the right message and actually create that engagement because if you're making it personal for that attendee uh, what you're doing is you're giving them more reasons to uh, talk to you continue the conversation and make a compelling case for that person to do business with you after the event or to connect with you after the event and take it uh, to the next level. Yeah, so definitely what you're saying there is target audience stays the same largely. It's consistent regardless of which marketing tactic you're using. The way you engage and and converse with them is is very different. And, um, you know, we would agree with you wholeheartedly on that one. And, you know, it's, it's definitely about trying to understand their needs and their problems before you start to go in with the old hard sell hang technique of pushing your product on somebody. So I just wanted to ask your advice on this one for our listeners. So the one thing that really winds me up at exhibitions is when you walk onto a stand and you can see somebody who's working on that booth that's clearly giving you the old glance of your badge to see if you're important enough to talk to. And there's nothing more off-putting than them thinking, I've already ruled you out because you're not a director of the company that I'm looking for. And they've already dismissed you. You feel really downhearted then and don't really want to carry on the conversation. So what are some great questions that exhibitors can ask very early on to open up that conversation and start getting that evidence that that visitor is somebody that is within their target audience and therefore worth them spending some time with? What's your best opening lines? Okay. Uh, The best opening line, first of all, is uh, what brings you to the show? Okay. Uh, And that gets them talking so that... um, uh, shows you why they're there at the show. Are they collecting information? Are they there to learn something? Um, and then uh, obviously get to know them a bit uh, personally, or you can say to them, what great things uh, have you picked up for the show? Have you picked up any new um, tips or uh, new ways of working or what cool technology have you seen? Uh, so just to get an understanding of whether they... Um, are really there for the right reasons, okay, at the event. Um, and then ask them about their job in terms of uh, what do they do? Uh, what their ch- One of the best questions that an exhibitor ca- can ask is, what current challenges are you facing in your job role? Yeah, and that will 
open up the whole conversation and actually give you all the clues that you want, whether that person um, is worth carrying on the conversation with or not. Because if you know what their challenges are and you've got the right solutions to overcome those challenges, um, then that conversation um, uh, will be a lot more compelling. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the question you mentioned there in terms of, you know, what else have you seen on the show floor today that's really interested you or, um, you know, that you were impressed by? Because exhibitors say to us, well, why would I waste my time asking about somebody else's show or somebody else's stand, that kind of thing? And you just sort of think, well, you can get so much evidence from that and so much information about, you know, what somebody's looking for, what they're interested in. And it shows then it might just give you some things that you can have another conversation with. If you're aware of what the big thing on the show floor is, it just shows you've got a bit more exposure than just your own little stand. But it's one that exhibitors so often miss, but it's so useful in getting insight into what somebody's looking for. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, as you know, Nicola, industries um, uh, are always very insular and they love helping each other out uh, from my own perspective anyway, because if you're in an industry and everybody's together in that industry, they want to make sure that uh, they, as an industry, support everyone um, to be better. So uh, if you're asking those type of questions, not only does it give you more credibility, uh, and it doesn't make you look like a salesperson that's trying to sell them something. It, it actually puts you as a person who is very knowledgeable about the industry. And uh, you can also learn about the trends and what, what's kind of important to that person in front of you. Because if they're talking passionately about something that they've actually seen at another stand, then you know that um, uh, you can actually relate to that kind of topic. And hopefully get them interested in terms of how you can actually support them or uh, help them uh, even with the other product you can actually maybe create value-add services around that product if they're interested in buying uh, what they've seen somewhere else yeah absolutely absolutely and i'm just going to um, apologize to our listeners at the moment if you're getting any squeaks picking up from lee on his line at all we are in the middle recording this in the middle of storm dennis so apologies he's on the top of a hill somewhere in manchester so there's lots of hail and wind and we've got rain beating down in our windowed office so apologies if you're picking up a few squeaks and squawks from us at the moment but blame uh, climate change i think but that's a, that's definitely a topic for another podcast so um so the killer point being, Lee, we've, we've talked about uh, how you can recognize your target audience, how you engage with them, how you can invest time in them to get useful information. What's your best advice for when you've done that and realize that this person isn't in your target audience, is no value, what, value to you whatsoever, there's never going to be a business relationship, but they're still rabbiting onto you. How do you get rid of them from your stand? What's your best dispatch techniques? I used to watch a show called The David Letterman Show late night. Um, and when he would finish his interviews, the first thing he used to say, the first thing he used to do is look in their eyes and say, Brad, thank you for coming on the show. It was great to meet you. Uh, enjoy the rest of the evening. And that's all you need to do is um, make eye contact, smile, and say, David, uh, thank you very much for your time. Uh, it was a pleasure to meet you. Um, uh, I have somebody else to see, uh, but it was great to meet you. Put your hand out, shake his hands, and uh, do the robot walk away. <laughs> <laughs> we are so with you on that one. It's the one question we get asked most on the workshops that, and training that we do. And 
I think you just being very British, we're very polite and we don't like upsetting people yeah. and we don't like to not give people the time if they're happily talking away. But actually you're not there to make friends, you're there to do business Absolutely. and there's nothing wrong with yeah. very politely and professionally just saying, you know, great to see you. I'm really sorry I've got an appointment. Have a great yeah. show, turning around and walking away. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we uh, our staff uh, get this problem all the time because they're very engaging and they obviously start asking questions and obviously sometimes people can take that the wrong way. Uh, <laughs> um, so what you need to do is once you've um, done all of the engagement process or you've asked the questions, you've uh, agreed the next steps, then obviously it's time for you both to move on and uh, you need to be polite and say, well, look, uh, we've got uh, other things to do now. So, and imply that with your body language, with smile. and uh, But you don't need to be rude about it or anything like that. People realize that you're, you're there for a reason. Uh, there's people walking about, people that you need to see. So, um, there's no reason uh, for people to get upset unless they um, are Billy no mates and they've got no one else to talk to. <laughs> Oh, they're fruity collectors and they can't get any more anything else out of you. So. <laughs> yeah, and there's still many of those around in exhibitions. So. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but um, like I say, once you've done your, uh, and I think obviously um, your team, your booth team uh, needs to be um, fully informed that look, uh, this is, these are our objectives. And if you have these objectives, from the outset and that you know that you have to say hello to X number of people, then that makes the whole process a lot easier where you're not scratching around for people to talk to because um, you know that you've got a target to hit and um, you know you've got to process people very quickly as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So stacks of advice you've shared there in um, in quite a short sort of 20 25 minutes actually so there's, there's loads that our listeners can take away obviously picked up from years and years of experience around the show floor is there any show in the world anywhere that you've not yet visited that you think ah oh god i'd love to go to that one or have you done everything that you want to do i've pretty much done everything so i've been to food shows i've been tech shows i've been aviation shows uh, I've been to construction shows, so pretty much every industry. I think the one uh, show that I love um, with a passion is CES, um, <laughs> but it always comes at the beginning of January, and it's always the wrong time to travel. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but I love that show, and another show that I absolutely love is Gulf Food uh, in Dubai because. You always come on back. at the moment, actually. Yeah, yeah. Closing uh, today. Not, uh, it's closing today. And the great thing about that show is the engagement levels are really good because there's nothing really more brilliant than to engage people than food <laughs> <laughs> and all different kinds of food. So you always come away with, um, you know, uh, you know, ten ten pounds more. On your, on your <laughs> You're lucky if it's only ten pounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's always a fantastic show. Um, yeah, and I think uh, it's pretty much a lot of them. Uh, you actually learn so much uh, about the people and uh, the different kinds of um, level. I think that's for me in the last twelve years being in the exhibition industry is working with such a diverse range of clients has actually taught me uh, a lot 
Um, uh, so we work across the globe from, I've learned so much about cars, about aviation, about uh, needles, uh, you know, um, that you use to deliver drugs. We were working with a client um, that manufactures uh, needles for drug delivery. And there, the most interesting thing I learned was that the, the pinpoint of the needle is as sharp as they actually model the technology on a mosquito bite. Uh, I, so, yes, I've read that somewhere, I think. Yeah. 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 So that was, um, and it's an amazing client of ours because they love um, the engagement process and um, we always do something different every year as well. Um, and um, yeah, so it's little things like that that really gives me a buzz uh, about. Uh, working uh, in the exhibition industry and um, uh, previously to Expo Stars, it never lasted more than uh, four or five years in a job, uh, but having stuck with the industry for 12 years, uh, <laughs> uh, I must be having fun, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And I think you're absolutely right about the, the variety being kind of consultants or, you know, trainers, support companies as, as we are um, yeah. to the exhibition industry. You know, just today we've been working on uh, the emergency services show so looking at disasters and recovery and rescue and then we popped over to the w exhibition doing some work for them on a program so that's looking at joinery and furniture making and cabinetry and, and then we've got the uk food shows coming up in a few weeks and you know yeah. you just oh, we've got a client going out to uh, germany that works on gear systems so it is just that continual process of jumping from project to project and thinking i just i didn't realize people had jobs like this i didn't realize somebody actually made that stuff you know it is just a fantastic industry to just learn about how big the world actually is. Oh, absolutely. No two days are the same. So Yes. Um, yeah. you know, every day. Uh, I mean, the great thing about it is we work on a, an international level. So it's not only just about the industries, but it's also about the cultures um, and how different uh, people, ha how they do business and um, getting to learn about their mindsets and things like that. And it's just um, uh, a brilliant way to, you know, learn about everything. And um, yeah, I mean, that's, I wake up every morning and it's, uh, you know, some people, um, you know, try to fake it till they make it, but with <laughs> us, we don't need to do that. Yeah, I'm so with you on that one. So with you. But one thing I just wanted to pick up with you on before we yeah. finish today is you, you mentioned the kind of international um, context that we work in in exhibitions and obviously at the moment there's a lot of concern about the coronavirus it's and its impact on exhibitions and I, I think I'd heard you mention earlier in the week that um, it's had an impact on some of your clients so how are you finding things in the industry with coronavirus at the moment and, and how are people responding to it? For us in the exhibition industry I think the watershed moment uh, was the cancellation of the Mobile World Congress. Yeah. Uh, before that we kind of uh, hoped it wouldn't affect us, but obviously the Mobile World Congress uh, put pay to that. And I think um, from, my, from my perspective, it's a lot of fake news. There's a lot of fake news and uh, scaremongering going on. Um, and I have some conspiracy theories, which I won't go into. <laughs> That's definitely another podcast. <laughs> uh, but... Um, you know, face-to-face -face, um, will always continue. Um, and obviously, people are quite rightly scared. Um, I mean, 
uh, with the Mobile World Congress, uh, a lot of the big companies pulled out and it's okay for them because they've got large budgets and they can easily write off uh, one show. But uh, it was it was a very bad you know, thing for independent suppliers like us because we depend, the Mobile World Congress is a massive payday once a year for everyone. I think there's 15,000 people that work at the show. There's all the hotels and there's a... Um, I think to Barcelona, it brings in about 500 million pounds of revenue mm-hmm. every year uh, to all the restaurants and the hotels and the local economy. So um, that gives you uh, a wake-up call. Yeah. And just think how important exhibitions are uh, to the livelihood of all the cities around the globe and uh, to all the small independent companies like us. You've got stand suppliers, you've got you know carpet suppliers, you've got so many people in the chain. And it takes something like a Mobile World Congress to realise that you only need you know, two or three shows not to happen and then all of a sudden you're out of business. Um, yeah, um, so we, we're looking at the situation very closely because we work on an international level and we've already been affected with clients not going overseas. And um, there was a statement out from UFI uh, actually supporting saying, look, show organizers will do everything in their power to ensure uh, the cleanliness and um, um, and. You know, having read the statistics um, just on Monday that coronavirus only affects the weak and the frail, I think that's where the scaremongering has really got out of hand. Um, and, you know, the seasonal flu actually kills more people. Yeah. Um, and when you think about exhibitions, uh, frail uh, people or ill people don't normally visit them anyway. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We haven't got many 80-year-olds walking around exhibition halls. Although if you're an 80-year-old that loves exhibitions, then please come on the show and talk to us. So. Uh, absolutely, yeah. So I'm glad that um, the industry is coming to its sense and uh, I was very happy to see that shows like Go Food uh, and uh, Euroshop in Germany. Yeah. Uh, they're two massive shows and you know, they've carried on as per normal. So uh, so there is um, light at the end of the tunnel, but obviously um, we have to keep our uh, uh, keep our eye on the news and fingers crossed it doesn't affect us anymore. Yeah, absolutely. And um, our thoughts to with anybody who was affected by the cancellation of um, Mobile World Congress or who is um, impacted by coronavirus. But I think I, the overwhelming message is be sensible, stick to the plan. Um, almost carrying as normally, you know, all the things that you would normally do, like sneezing into a handkerchief and washing your hands and all that kind of stuff, just, just keep doing it and we'll probably oh, all be okay. Absolutely. And uh, the key thing is obviously is to look at your business as well and, um, you know, keep on doing the things that you're doing uh, because it will pick up again. And yes, it's um, uh, bad times, but we survived... Uh, you know, the big, great big recession of 2007-2008, uh, we've survived the financial crisis, uh, the banking crisis and all of that. So um, if businesses can actually survive that, then, uh, you know, um, we can survive this as well. Yeah, and it goes right back to that point we were talking about earlier on in terms of knowing why your customers value you and what benefit you bring and just keep That's reminding people of that.
Yeah, absolutely. Your business will be fine. So. Absolutely, yeah, and that's the key thing. And we internally had a discussion last week because we were discussing what the uh, implications are if more shows cancelled. And you know, uh, we came to the conclusion that uh, let's continue as per normal, um, and you know, just be positive and stick with the business model that we have. And um, you know, just be uh, just be positive, and you know, luckily enough, this week, well, guess what? Uh, business is now back to normal, and um, people are realizing that you know, uh, business. Let's 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 carry on. Yeah, absolutely, brilliant. Well, it has been fantastic chatting to you this afternoon. Thank you so much, Lee, for your time. Um, if people want to get hold of you, where can they find you? Uh, they can find us on all of the social media. So if they type in Expo Stars, um, they probably know of us already, I think. <laughs> Who doesn't know of Expo Stars? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and then also on our website, www.expostars.com. Um, and they can uh, reach me on LinkedIn. Uh, just type in Expo Stars and uh, my profile will come up as well. And uh, yeah, if anyone wants further advice about target audiences or about anything psychological or uh, even... Um, anything psychological, that's one big offer you've just <laughs> made there. <laughs> uh, should I mean? we quantify that with anything psychological relating to filtering yeah, visitors? <laughs> yeah, trade show, trade show engagement. Yeah, that. that clarifies that. Please do yeah. not get in touch with Ling all your psychological <laughs> problems. <laughs> well, having said that, I am a business coach and a mentor as well, so... Um, if any small business owners want to uh, reach out and uh, get some adv advice about growing their business, then I'm always uh, open to um, those conversations. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Really enjoyed speaking to you and good luck with everything for the future. Thank you very much, Nicola. It was a pleasure. Um, that was actually the second recording we did of that podcast because on the first one, we talked and talked for about an hour and 20 minutes and covered every single topic going in the exhibition landscape and kind of thought, this is probably a bit confusing for our listeners, so let's just go back and focus on one thing. But it's great to speak to people who have so much in common with us in terms of our values and what we're trying to achieve. So um, thank you, Lee, for your time. We really appreciate it. So that's it for this episode of the Exhibitionist podcast. Thank you once again for listening. We know some people are heading down to International Confex this week, which is moving to Excel. So if you're down there, have an amazing show. It is a key highlight in the industry calendar. Unfortunately, we can't make it due to some uh, prior commitments with client work. But if you are there, have a brilliant time. However, we will be at XL next week at uh, HRC Hotel Restaurant Catering with a number of clients doing some mystery visits and having a look around stands. So if you're going to be at HRC and fancy a coffee, why not give us a shout? We would love to meet you and see what has caught your eye on the show floor. As I alluded to at the top of the show, we will be sending those links out to the Exhibitions 2025 survey from today and it'll be all over social, social media. So please do get involved and give us your views on that. And as always, you can get in touch with us via the website www.inspiringexhibitors.com where you can find all of our services, but also pick up a copy of the Exhibitionist book and project manager journal. Now that is back in stock. So we'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Have a fantastic couple of weeks in the meantime and happy exhibitioning.
Hop over now to inspiringexhibitors.com to subscribe to our newsletters, blogs and future podcasts, keeping you up to date with industry insight. While there, you can also find out more about The Exhibitionist, inspiring trade show excellence. Once again, thank you for listening.